The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's Tuesday on Fantasy NBA Today, and I am your host, Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, and this, of course, is a hoop ball presentation. Probably should have lumped all those things together, shouldn't I? Hoop ball, hoop-ball.com, the website, at Hoop Ball Fantasy on Twitter. You can spell my name, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just search for Dan from Hoop Ball, and you can find me that way. Really fun stuff coming up on the pod. I think today, my initial plan today was to get into the next batch of stuff from the uh, the Nine Cat Roto mock draft, but we had to switch things up a little bit. My schedule ended up uh, slightly discombobulated, and so because of timing stuff, we're not going to be able to dive into a ton more of that draft individually. We're going to kind of work through it at different angles And what I mean by that is, we're going to pros. Let's go to the pros. Let's talk to the folks that actually made the draft picks. And then we can do what I'm hoping is actually some bonus episodes of Fantasy NBA Today. We might have some weekend shows coming up where we go through some of those picks numerically. So what your job is going to be, I hope you guys are listening and paying attention to this. You guys, the listeners, your job is going to be to mostly kind of piecemeal things together a little bit because we are going to do it a little bit out of order where you got uh, picks 1 through 24 on Thursday, 25 through 48 yesterday, Monday, and we'll probably do the next two rounds, if I had to guess, over the weekend, maybe even more than that over the weekend. Eventually, we'll get through the whole thing numerically, but interspersed with all of that, you're going to hear from the pros in the mock draft breaking down their own picks and giving out some of their favorites as well. Slight computer issues, slight computer issues, but we are going to get this out if it's the last darn thing we do. This is also, if not for said computer issues, this is also arguably my favorite day of the year. Uh, Forget actual draft time. I like this stretch because this is the stretch where I get to pick the brain of the smartest folks in fantasy basketball analysis. It starts today. We're going to be talking to every single member of the Nine Cat Fantasy Mock. We did, we started, what, geez, like eight, nine, ten days ago now. And you've heard me breaking down some of it on the show so far. Uh, and today we welcome Zach Hanshu to the program. Zach, welcome to the show. I, I know we're doing this a second time. Pretend like we haven't done this already. How are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. No worries on the technical issues. Uh, happy to talk to you, brother. Let's get this thing going. Yeah, we're in we're in refresh mode because uh, old Danny Boy's computer decided to blitz out after the first ten minutes of our hit. Zach, of course, you can follow on Twitter, and you should at Zach the Monster. Z A K T H E M O N S T E R. Zach, you've got well. You know what? I forgot to do actually the first time around. Uh, you write for Fantasy Pros. You've got some stuff up on NBA.com. That's that's fantastic, man. What an awesome year for you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, um, 
things are going well, uh, you know, with the articles, uh, like he said, you can follow me at fantasy pros. Um, and yeah, th- this has been a great year for me just because I've, I've really started to dig into the, uh, the world of fantasy basketball with other analysts and, uh, just other really intelligent guys that, you know, love to talk hoops. Um, so yeah, beyond excited to be on the pod today, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I am thrilled to have you. I was I was happy to get you into the mock. Uh, some of you may have already seen Zach with our buddy Alan Soroki over on the Hoopball YouTube page. You guys did a mock together, uh, a live mock. That was, I think, about two weeks ago. If you haven't, go check that out. So here's what happened. I want to pull back the curtain a, t- a tiny bit for the folks listening in. We were going through Zach's team from the mock draft, and we got through the first four names, basically, and then my computer decided to blitz out, and the recording software shut down, and we lost it. But then I realized, as we're going through that, your first four picks, we didn't really end up needing to talk about very much. So, yes, it was an annoyance, and time was wasted, but the guys that we really want to focus on, we hadn't really covered all that much yet. So let me give everybody a quick recap on what we lost to the Internet Abyss, you had Dame with your fifth pick overall in the first round. Second rounder was Demonis Sabonis. Third rounder was Rudy Gobert. That's at 29. Sabonis was at 20. And Brandon Ingram was at 44. I'm going to put this to you as sort of a one-catch-all question, which, again, we, we sort of already talked about, but it feels like you went pretty safe through your first four picks. Guys that you can, uh, the expression I like to use is kind of set your watch to, you know what you're going to get out of these dudes, and that allows you the freedom to get a little bit wild and woolly later in the draft. What do we need to know about how you got to those four players kind of in a in a wrap-up nutshell so then we can really focus on the interesting names? Yeah, I think in a wrap-up nutshell, you pretty well summed it up. Uh, Damian Lillard at five, uh, very durable, uh, extremely high ceiling, a guy that I think has top three potential this season. Uh, obviously, you know what you're getting from him. Um, Demonis Sabonis, a uh, guy that really, you know, took a big step forward last season, a uh, guy that I think has potential to improve in scoring and assists this year. Uh, Rudy Gobert, who gives you 14, 12, and two blocks and, uh, you know, elite field goal percentage every single season. And Brandon Ingram, who's young, still ascending. And again, another guy that really, you know what you're getting from him and has a little bit of extra. Uh, upside this year with kind of some turnover and injuries in New Orleans. So exactly like you said, I went safe. I went, uh, built that strong core. And then afterward, um, after that, I kind of have the freedom to take some shots. Do you ever take shots early? I generally don't. Not typically, man. I'm kind of a uh, kind of a boring drafter. Uh, it's kind of how I've always done it for fantasy football, too. Um, I kind of go for the guys that I know what I'm going to get. And, you know, a lot of the time that that really helps me out. And sometimes I end up getting really frustrated because a, a guy in my league drafts somebody that goes off every other week and ends up, you know, winning the whole league because his guys hit at the right time. So, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm typically kind of a boring play it safe drafter there, at least in the early rounds. Yeah. Same. I, I often find myself leaving my fantasy drafts thinking, all right, well, like that was, that was okay. And then those teams usually do pretty darn well. Cause they're just sort of not mm-hmm. shiny, but they, they work. And if yep. you're, if you make good moves in the rest of the draft and during the season, that nice foundation that you've built here in this mock draft and that we sort of advocate from an overall draft strategy, 
it's almost like having those safe first three or four picks you're you're like guaranteeing yourself a top four finish in your roto league and then everything from there is how you decide can i climb to third second first place can i get some big hits later in the draft can i land some sweet free agents in the middle of the season and that now is our delightful segue into what you've done after your first four rounds because there are some really interesting names in here and maybe my favorite one is the first one after that. Your fifth round pick at 53 was Derek White, who I think is sort of the forgotten, not completely, but overlooked maybe, better word than forgotten, of the guards in San Antonio. All I've heard this entire draft season is DeJounte Murray. I actually think Derek White might beat him this year in fantasy. You did get him at 53, though, a little earlier than he's been going. Um, talk me through Derek White at this juncture. I know your next pick wasn't until 68. I'm guessing that had something to do with it. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to come back to me by then. Um, you know, as we've already mentioned, there's a lot of really sharp guys in this draft um, and guys that I hadn't drafted with before either. So I, I really wasn't aware of their tendencies. Uh, so I really just wanted to ensure that I got him right here just because I think there's a really high ceiling. And as you mentioned, to me, it's it's more of a coin flip, honestly, as to who's going to finish with the better season. Uh, I, I think they both have a ton of upside. Uh, White really gives you the, uh, you know, the defensive stats that you don't get from a lot of guards. Uh, we saw a lot of really good upside from him in the Orlando bubble going back. I guess that's two years ago now or no, <laughs> who, that knows? Was who last knows? Summer. I know. <laughs> losing track of time. Um, so, I, I mean, we, so we've seen his upside in stretches. It, it's health. It's playing time that really has kind of held him back from taking the, you know, the next jump, especially for fantasy purposes. So uh, with DeMar DeRozan gone, I think there's uh, just a ton of upside. That's why I went ahead and, and kind of reached a little bit here. Yeah, I, I love I love Derek White's fantasy game. If he can stay healthy, he could be an, an absolute steamroller this year. Uh, blocks and steals and threes, presumably the scoring, the assists, those probably trend up. Uh, percentage is usually great, and he had that down field goal percent la season last year, largely because of injury stuff. So you've yeah. got to think that that now uh, bounces back. I, I almost thought he might go later, but the DeMar trade sort of pointed, not the spotlight, because the spotlight seems to have landed on DeJounte Murray, but kind of like the outskirts of said spotlight caught White as well. Uh I all I you know like secretly I kind of wish Demar Derozan hadn't gotten traded because I figured this was going to be the Derek White season anyway, right. and and now we got to spend up a little bit on draft day. So uh, Zach, I warned you before we went on air. Well, that was before the computer shut down, but I'll I'll do it now on air. That I'm probably going to take issue with about one player on every single analyst's fantasy team. I'm gonna, I'm going to be super agreeable most of the time, but then one guy I'm going to be like, all right, I'm gonna, I need more on this one. And that's your sixth rounder, and that's Russ at 68, which, mind you, pretty darn late. Can he carve out the role we need him to carve out alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis? Because this is, as, as much as I dislike Russ's fantasy game in general, he was great the second half of last year. Presumably, once the chemistry figures itself out, maybe there's some wiggle room there, but how, how does this fit? turn into him for a, a nine cat player. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna grill you a little bit on this one. Yeah, so um yeah last year he was uh fourth rounder uh in fantasy value. Uh I, I know we talked about you don't like 
drafting a guy who kind of drags you down in one category or another, and he drags you down in about three. So he's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not a good shooter, right? And the turnovers are just ridiculous. So, uh, you know, those three categories alone are going to really set you back. But he does so much in the assists, the rebounds, the scoring, and the steals that, you know, it, it kind of overcomes those things. Uh, I think, speaking to your point about the role in Los Angeles, I really think they brought him there. And, you know, LeBron especially, this is year 19 for LeBron. Uh, Russ is going to come out and give you everything he's got every single night. He doesn't take plays off. He doesn't take nights off. This is the time where we've seen LeBron wear down the last two seasons like we never have before uh, after being so durable throughout his career. I think Russ came in to, one, take the load off LeBron as a ball handler. I think we're going to see the ball with, you know, in Russ's hands more often than LeBron's. Um, you know, that's just my personal opinion. And I think we're going to see Russ play more games than LeBron. I think LeBron's going to take some time off and just be ready to go for – uh, you know, for the playoff run like we've seen in the past. So uh, I think he's going to carve out a meaningful role. I, obviously, I think the points, the rebounds, the assists, I think those do trend down a little bit. Uh, but I'm not going to count out a guy that can average a triple-double. And, uh, you know, he might this year. I mean, he might be a 20-10-10 guy again, even if those numbers, because he's, he has room to fall from what he did last year. It was 22, almost 12-12 and 12 in the other categories. So I, I really think... Um, you know, he has a lot of upside, especially I drafted him at 68. I think he could be a top 50 guy, uh, just like he was last year. Sort of relate tangentially related, uh, his rebounding. Do you think that has an impact on Anthony Davis's numbers this year? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see how they couldn't. Um, I mean, Russ is a guy that's always getting in there trying to, uh, you know, whether it's padding the stats or playing hard, you know, it doesn't really matter for fantasy. I, he's going to be in there trying to get rebounds. Um, and it's it's definitely not a good look for Anthony Davis, who averaged ooh, what was it uh, like seven point eight or yeah, something last year it was, it was not it's good. something really terrible. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it has an impact. I don't think Davis is going to have such a low number this year, but it, it's not going to come up a ton. I want to grill you more, but we we I got to keep moving here because I after my uh, after I screwed things up on the technical side, I want to make sure we maximize your time again. Talking to Zach Hanshu at Zach the Monster on Twitter. Uh, rest of these guys, I I follow the logic more or less, but I'm going to make sure that you get to explain it. Bogdan Bogdanovich at 77. I was way too low on him last year, and then he was outstanding once he came back from injury. Um, I guess the only question is, can the field goal percent stay as high as it was last season? And then the follow-up to that is, does it matter? Because he was number 50 on a per-game basis last year. Even if the field goal percent drops off, getting him at 77 gives you two to two and a half rounds of wiggle room there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the field goal percentage probably does drop. I mean, he was uh, he was lights out from three. Uh, he was really good. Uh, shot 47% from the field. I mean, he was uh, the free throw percentage. I think that's fine. He's, he's yeah. a great free throw shooter. Um, but uh, yeah, like you said, there's a little wiggle room there for him to kind of come back to earth a little bit. Um, and yeah, I don't think it matters that much for a guy that might get you three triples a game. Uh, you know, the scoring, the assists, the steals, um, and he's not a high turnover guy either, even though he had, uh, you know, he took a big step with the scoring. Um, 
or with the threes particularly, he's he's really not a high turnover guy. So I think he can really be that great second option that Atlanta needs, um, and, and a guy that can be relied on more than a uh, just kind of that rotating cast on the wing like you see with a Herder or a Reddish or a Hunter who hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, I, I think Bogdanovich is kind of that guy that they're going to really depend on. Now, once you get to around pick 90, which your eighth rounder was pick 92 in this draft, I've I've basically advocated it doesn't matter what order you take guys in anymore. You just go and you get the ones that you're interested in. And your five guys from that point on, I'm going to do this as sort of like a, we'll discuss each one individually, but I, I do think it's kind of a chunk of players. Reggie Jackson, Devontae Graham, Mason Plumley, Mo Bamba, and Dennis Schroeder. I think my favorite of those five are Plumley and Bamba, but I want to hear from about all of them. I assume on the Reggie Jackson front, this is just a, look, he was great in the playoffs, and the Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard this year, right? That's what it boils down to. Um, I mean, that's a... That's it. Uh, he's a guy that I, I love the analogy. Yeah, I mean, I love the analogy that you said, go and get your guys, because uh, I was on a pod a few days ago with uh, with a couple of buddies for uh, Action Network, and they, uh, you know, we were talking about sleepers and guys we kind of like more than consensus. And Reggie was a guy that I said, I think he has, you know, top 90 potential this year. And I kind of got a little flack for that. But uh, I mean, he was he was lights out in the playoffs last year. Um, and he's had some really good fantasy seasons throughout his career. Uh, I mean, he's been playing with, he played with OKC and Detroit and obviously now with the Clippers, uh, he's been good wherever he's been. Right. So I think with uh, some increased usage this year, um, I'm not, I'm not concerned about Eric Bledsoe being in the backcourt. Bledsoe kind of looked washed to me last year. Um, I, I really think Reggie's going to be uh, a big time value this year. And he's somebody that's being overlooked, uh, you know, even, even with Kawhi out, I don't think people are counting on Reggie Jackson. They're just looking at, at PG. Devontae Graham in New Orleans, is he able to sort of uh, to hit a usage level that, that gets him into that 100 range or better? I think so. Uh, I mean, he's projected to be a starter for them. Um, and, I mean, who else is going to start with him? It's going to be Nikhil Alexander-Walker, right? I mean, so I it's going to be the two of them. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> right. Um I mean, yeah, the last two seasons, um, the field goal percentage is – I don't really expect that to trend up. I don't think that's his game. He's not really a, a knockdown shooter by any means. Um, but he's a he's a great for, you know three-point shooter, right? So he's going to get you that. Uh, you know, he's going to score some points for you. And, you know, we saw in Charlotte a couple years ago when it was his backcourt, uh, you know, he averaged 18 and 7. So I think – I don't know that those numbers are realistic in New Orleans, but uh, I think he can probably be better than the you know fifteen and five that he gave you last year. I love Mason Plumley and Mo Bamba uh, as late opportunities. I, I I've heard a lot of analysts say that there there just aren't any centers after the first like forty picks because they're all they, so many guys surfaced last year and they all got shuttled up to the top. There's a chance that if either one of those two sticks, that it could be really interesting. Like we saw. Bamba last year kind of win the job away from Wendell Carter Jr. I know he can't stay healthy, but it's a games cap roto format here. I love this flyer. His fantasy game is fantastic. Walk me through a little bit the opportunity, lack thereof, or possibility of for these two guys, Plumlee and Bamba in Charlotte and Orlando, respectively. Yeah, so Charlotte, um, 
obviously they took Kai Jones in the draft, but I, I it seems like he's probably a little raw right now to be in the starting lineup. So you're probably going to see Plumley out there, uh, at, you know, 25 to 30 minutes a night, maybe not 30, but, you know, at least 25. Um, we mentioned this on the pod before, uh, you know, the, the recording stopped is, uh, you know, a passing big man is kind of like a fantasy cheat code. And Plumley is Plumley's that guy, right? So two triple doubles last year. Um, he teased a triple double on a few more occasions. Um, he's a guy that's a really good passer. Uh, he can give you the rebounds, the points, uh, you know, he's, you know, high field goal percentage. And I really think he's going to see an opportunity in Charlotte because that, I mean, that's been their Achilles heel, right? Is that center position. They're loaded top to bottom one through four. It's just that center position with Cody Z and Bismack. It's just been kind of a mess recently. Um, uh, so I think, um, Plumley is going to be kind of that missing piece for them to help them put it all together um, and really help them make a playoff run this year. I really love Charlotte. So uh, I'm very high on Mason Plumley. I think that's a great value. So late in the draft. Um, and yeah, for Bamba, we don't know what Orlando is going to do. So Wendell Carter, maybe that's, maybe that's the future for them. Um, but you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy all season? Uh, you know, Bamba in his, you know, kind of limited run last year. And then when he saw some additional minutes, he looked great, man. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a guy that's, uh, you know, he's going to pull down the rebounds. He can step out and make a three when he needs to. Uh, so again, I think he's just a, I took him with my second to last pick. I, I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to have a big role this year, but uh, he's gotten, it seems like he's gotten a little bit better every year he's been in the league and gotten a little more opportunity. So uh, that's just some good upside, I think, with my second to last pick. Oh, I totally agree. Last 10 games of last season, he was uh, number 85 in nine category leagues. Now, you know, the field goal percent is not going to be super high, even as a center, because he does shoot a little bit. But over that stretch, he was at yeah. 11 and nine with 2.2 blocks per ball game. That was crazy. That was in 24 minutes a game. So, that was timeshare zone, Mo Bamba. And yeah, I mean, you said, will he stay healthy? The answer I think we can pretty definitively say is no, but it doesn't matter because he's your 11th round pick in a games capped league. You don't need him to play 82 ball games when you're just trying to get 82 into each of your starting slots. He's backing up someone else that's already on your team. Uh, perhaps Rudy Gobert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So uh, your last one was Dennis Schroeder. That was pick 140. We only went 12 rounds in this mock because, honestly, like, go get your guys at this point. If We don't need to go 13, 14, or 15. Schroeder in Boston. Uh, going from L.A., it, it does feel like an opportunity for him to sort of uh, kind of reinvent himself. I, like, he took a lot of heat in Los Angeles. I'm a Laker fan. I don't think he was that bad last year. Uh, but apparently he needs to go and kind of reprove things. What can he do? Because his fantasy game, his stat set isn't that great, but if he gets the opportunity like an OKC, he was able to put a, a pretty good season together out there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, this was my last pick. Uh, the options that were left on the board were uh, kind of sparse at that point. So uh, I do think uh, that he's going to come out with a little chip on his shoulder, that, you know, kind of like he did with OKC, right? So just have that... Um, you know, that high minutes roll off the bench. 
And he's been a really good scorer uh, when he's been given the opportunity. Uh, he's not bad for your rebounds, and he's a good facilitator as well. Um, so I think with the last pick in the draft, uh, for me, that was, uh, you know, that, that was one of the highest upside guys that I saw left on the board. All right, I know we got to get you out of here in the next two and a half minutes, but before you go, I, you know, we talked about your kind of four or five later guys. Can we do a Zach's favorite sleeper question here at the end of the pod? It, it might have been even one of the guys you got already, but if it wasn't, was there someone else? Uh, g- give us the the secret sauce here before I let you go. So the secret sauce. Um... I think I did mention a few of these guys already. Um, so, you know, guys that I'm really high on are going to be Reggie Jackson, um, some less sexy names that I really like. Um, I really, I really, really like Nerland's Noel this season. Uh, Mitchell Robinson. I think it was you that tweeted that the other day that Robinson's not, you know, completely healthy right now. Um, and so I think Nerland's Noel is going to return a lot of value for, fantasy managers he's somebody that's flying under the radar and would maybe be a top 100 pick even if robinson's healthy um so i think that's a guy that can get you a lot of value in your drafts uh mason plumley's a guy i like uh d'anthony melton larry nance um i think kim birch is going to end up having a lot of value even though chris boucher is the uh you know the very very sexy name in toronto i think birch who's going many rounds later uh, can give you uh, something good. And I like Fasu Campazzo in, in Denver. I think, uh, you know, maybe not the sexiest game for fantasy purposes, but he can give you steals and threes. He's going undrafted right now, probably everywhere you're playing. And I think he ends up getting more minutes than Monty Morris with Jamal Murray out in Denver. Wow. Seven names in the secret sauce. That was pretty good. Oh, thanks, man. I've, I've been practicing. <laughs> you lightning rounded me on that one. But luckily, I had a notepad document open, so I was able to write them down. Uh, Zach, thank you so much. Again, my apologies for making you record part of this twice. I wanted I wanted everybody listening to know that you're so good you had to do it two times on the pod. Uh, and that's why I, I wanted to thank you on air for that. And can I get you back on again maybe shortly right after the season starts? Dude, I would love to come back on at any time, man. Perfect. He is at Zach the Monster on Twitter. Zach Hanshu. Thanks again, my man. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate it, man. Once again, just a massive, massive thank you to Zach Hanshu, who, ah, man, like, what a great sport. Because my stuff broke down, and we had to re-record some things, and there are very few things more annoying than having to repeat yourself. And he had to repeat himself in his Fantasy NBA Today guesting debut. So again, big, big, big thank you to at ZachTheMonster on Twitter. Uh, starting off this journey through the pros. And I, I, listen, I've already got the pod hits basically scheduled out with almost all of these guys. Uh, Matt Straub, we're going to be talking to him very soon. That'll likely be airing at some point this week. Matt Lawson. Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta type here. Uh, let's see. What do we got coming up over the weekend? I think we're going to talk to Mike, Josh Lloyd, Alex Rickling. That's next week. Jonas is next week. Adam Stock next week. And my hope is that we can actually get a couple of pros in here. Oh, Dr. A, that'll be next week as well. We'll get some pros on here that weren't even in the mock draft. This is the time of year where we get to talk to all of these guys, and it is just so much 
fun to get other voices on to sort of explain through how they think about handicapping, how they come up with their boards, their lists, the guys that they're targeting. How, when are they able to get them? When do, you, when do you make these moves? How do you make these moves? This is how we better ourselves. Reflection is one way, which is kind of our MO through the offseason. is a whole lot of fantasy self-reflection. How do we improve in these different areas? And then the other way is just talking to other smart people. Hey, lest we forget... We're going to have Brew on again because the B-150 drops tomorrow. Can't believe I forgot to say it at the beginning of the podcast. The B-150 drops tomorrow, Wednesday, September the 29th, but only in the Hoopball 360 package. That's our good stuff. That's the goodish. That's got the Fantasy Pass, the DFS Pass, Wager Pass, all in it, and the earliest Brewski 150 access available anywhere on the internet in the Hoopball 360 package. If you can wait a little bit longer, B-150 is in the Fantasy Pass 10 days later. Fantasy Pass also has the draft guide in it. Please do head to hoop-ball.com. Help us power the locomotive over here. This is the only thing we sell all season long. Please get a subscription of some kind. You're going to love it. And if you already have one, make sure you're using the Discord. Our Discord server is only for subscribers right now. And even if or when a free side of that Discord does open up, they're not going to have the kind of pro access that subscribers get. You can bug our pros with questions day or night to build your fantasy team. That access, that is what HoopBall offers that you cannot get everywhere else on the internet. Uh, and this is going to be, it's just going to be another outstanding season. This is going to be the big one, man. The, the discrepancies that everybody has in their ranking boards this year are so big that that means value is everywhere. Want to remind everybody once again, if you'd like to be in a hoopball league with other hoopball listeners and readers and pros and enthusiasts, hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Same story on the recruiting side. We are looking for you, as Dan points at the non-existent screen you're looking at. We're looking for you. If you want to be a fantasy writer, DFS, wagering, holler at me. Hit me at Dan Vespers on Twitter again or teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Recruiting process is a big, big deal. Also, please, if you have a moment, subscribe to the podcast. That's another big part of uh, kind of what we're doing this month. How do we grow the show? The month leading up to the season. That's how we do it. And of course, right now, we're three damn weeks away from opening night. Crazy. Completely crazy. Uh, other teams had their media days today. Not a whole lot of news to report from those. There was a Karis Levert injury report, and we'll get into that a little bit more on tomorrow's show. So kind of sit tight on the NBA news. We'll try to sort of bulk that news together in because they're just not a ton of it. And so there isn't, to me, a massive time constraint. Like, we don't need to get the news to you immediately but if you if you missed it Karis Levert is dealing with a stress fracture which I think basically puts him on the do not draft list for me while we await further information on that situation and also gives everybody else in Indiana uh a bump it's in his back too um they're hoping he can get back in there near the start of the season I just Ooh, man, I don't know. Uh, you might get some Jeremy Lamb or Justin Holiday stuff right at the beginning of the year. But again, I, I'd like to prefer to sort of um, 
hold on to this one because I we don't know a ton yet. But that said, if you're drafting right now, you can't draft him. If you're drafting right now, you can't draft him. And I think that's where we'll put a pin in things today. This will not be one of our world's longest shows. It's, I mean, we got a lot of things to cover over the next little bit. It's been a crazy day for me. I'm just really happy that we were able to get this chat in with Zach uh, because time was short and computers were freaking out. Mine, actually. My computer was the one that was freaking out. Again, big thank you to that. Zach, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be doing this with uh, at least 10 other pros over the next week and a half. I am Dan Bespers for Fantasy NBA Today. Have a wonderful Tuesday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow. When? I don't really know, but you'll see it on your phone, won't you? So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.